I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. You know, when we pledge allegiance to the flag, we stand and we salute. When we shake hands with somebody, generally we will, we will stand up and we will do the, the honorable thing and the polite thing and we will stand. This morning as I, as I read God's word to you, I would like you to stand at the reading of God's word. Would you please stand? Those of you in Fairfield and Centralia, you may also stand with the reading of the word today. From Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is your word. I pray, God, that you would speak through me this morning. That the words from my mouth would be the words that flow from your throne, from your heart. That you would speak to us today. So, Lord, through the, through the presentation of your word, I pray, Lord, that the name of Jesus would be glorified, that I would step aside, and that you would be made known in our midst today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And when you pray. Well, let me first admit that uh, this is not an easy sermon for me today. When I felt uh, God's leading for me to, to preach on prayer, uh, and once I started thinking about it a little bit, I began uh, to think, wow, that's a pretty great responsibility, and how vast is that to be able to bring a message approximately 30 minutes long on, on prayer. In this situation, we pray this way, and in that situation, we pray that way, when the enemy attacks, we rise up and we pray with authority. When God speaks, we, we pray and respond with thanksgiving and humility. Pray without ceasing. And if, if God is in control of all things, then why should we pray? Should we pray to try to change God's mind? Or are his ways already set and our prayers should simply serve to align us with his will. Go in your closet, pray in tongues, don't pray in tongues. How are we to pray? There are so many different directions, so many reasons to pray in scripture from beginning to end. It's full of example after example for us. Yet Jesus did not say, if you pray. When you go to the doctor for those routine checkups, and he talks to you about your weight. One thing he won't say is, if you eat, make sure you eat the right things. But it's when you eat. Make sure that you eat the right things and take care of yourself. When you wake your kids up in the morning, if the weather generally is nice, you don't tell them, now, if you, if you decide to get up, make sure you go to school today. No, we wake our kids up and we say, when you get up, get ready and go to school. Praying is like eating, it's like breathing, it's like doing the things that we do every day that make us normal, responsible human beings. Yet so often, prayer takes a backseat to the distractions of our everyday living and we have made prayer 
an if instead of a when. Corey Ten Boom said, don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with God and keep it. A man is powerful on his knees. E.M. Bounds, a great man of, of prayer, once said, the men who have done the most for God in this world have been early on their knees. He who wastes away the early morning, its opportunities and freshness, freshness in other pursuits than seeking God will make poor headway seeking him the rest of the day. If God is not first in our thoughts and efforts in the morning, he will be in the last place the remainder of the day. I found this to be true. Let me add here that in studying for this message, and I love, I love the way God convicts us, me, I love the way he convicts me by his spirit in a gentle way. That as I studied for this, this message, I experienced that uh, conviction of the Holy Spirit that on many days I've been guilty of making prayer and if instead of a win. So I'm grateful for that, those gracious nudges that let me know when things need alignment. And my prayer has been, my prayer life has been renewed with vigor and urgency, which had been missing. I'm grateful for that. And here at Orchardville, we, we come from, from a lot of different backgrounds. Folks here from uh, Baptist background, Assembly of God, Catholic, non-denominational. Some, some folks here didn't come to know Jesus until you came to Orchardville for the first time. So all these different backgrounds that we have experienced and now coming together, and each of us, many of us, have different experience, different practices when it comes, when it comes to prayer. Some pray loud and bolsterous. Some soft, some short, some long, some bold and some timid. And how many of you that grew up, that grew up in church had the, the man that would close the service in prayer and he would preach a sermon during his closing prayer? You ever remember, remember those? Yeah. Well, today it's vital that we look at, at scripture for instruction and, and example on how we should pray. And from God's word, we learn not only how to pray, but also how not to pray. And also we learn when to pray, which according to 1 Thessalonians 5.17 is at, when do we pray? At all times we pray. Having said all that, let me lay, let me lay a foundation this morning of basically two things for the rest of of this message. Number one, Jesus gave us the model for prayer in Matthew 6. Jesus gave us the model in Matthew 6. And number two, our prayer life should serve to align us with God's will. As found in John 15, verse 7. A couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, we talked about abiding in the vine, one of the times that I was up here, and that applies here. Jesus said in, 15, in John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, meaning if you are aligned 
with my will. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. God wants to pour out blessings with answered prayer in our lives, but we must be aligned with his word. How do we do that? Let's look at the model that Jesus gave us in Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. We'll begin with verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. You all know that a hypocrite is a pretender. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. What's their reward? Well, if their desire is to be seen by others, well, there's the reward. Jesus said they want to be seen by others, so there is their reward. They have been seen by others. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And some translations say he who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. evil. The model prayer. And I call that, I call it the prayer of alignment. You're probably, you're probably like me, is when, when you do spend some time in prayer, you, sometimes you don't know how to pray. You don't want to pray selfishly. You don't want to pray the wrong things. So you end up daydreaming or falling asleep or getting up and going ahead with your day or doing something else you check Facebook whatever whatever you might do but I call this the prayer of alignment because that's that's what it does when we pray the Lord's prayer and when we personalize it and we, we don't just spew it out because most of us most of us have it memorized but when I pray the Lord's prayer in those times when I'm not sure how I should pray, I find that my, the rest of my prayer time falls into place with God's will because my eyes have turned off of myself and onto the things that are, that are important to God. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, it, it addresses our God that he is holy, that he is to be revered. We ask that his will be done in our lives here on earth as it, at all, as it is already laid out in heaven. We ask that he give us the necessities for our day. We ask for forgiveness for the wrongs we have done toward others and that we also would extend forgiveness to those who have offended us. And we pray for protection from evil and temptation. And when I personalize and meditate on this model of prayer, I find that the rest of my time falls in place and I pray with, with much more clarity. I pray for the things that are, that are important to God. 
So let's make it, let's make it a habit that we would pray the Lord's Prayer and personalize it and make it meaningful. And as I bring requests to God with, with thanksgiving, as Paul writes in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, the peace of God falls on me and it guards me. So what effect does prayer have? Those of us, if you've walked with, with God for any length of time at all, and, if you, and you have practiced prayer and you understand and you have made prayer a part of your life, we understand what prayer can do for us. We know that it changes our circumstances, our job, our marriage, our health, our relationships can be completely changed, rearranged by prayer. But does prayer change God? How is God moved by our prayers? What is necessary for our circumstances to change through prayer? Is there another element to this prayer recipe? According to Hebrews 11.6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever, for whoever would draw near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. He rewards them. What is the reward? What is the reward of God? In the scripture in Revelation that, that I brought to you a little, little while ago, his reward is, is with him. The reward that we receive from Jesus is that we get to be with him. He's, he, we draw near to him. He draws near to us our reward is with him, a greater intimacy with God and ultimately in his presence forever, the reward for those who seek him. And let me, let me rock somebody's world this morning. God does not respond to faithless prayer. God does not respond to faithless prayer. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. If we are to draw near to God, we must believe that he exists. And if a prayer is offered without faith, God will not respond to that prayer. So how does faith come? What's our responsibility? Do we have a responsibility in this, in this faith thing? Do we just receive faith by osmosis or by poof? We do have, we have great responsibility in receiving the faith that God uses to transform our lives and to transform our circumstances. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing through the words of Christ. When we read God's word, we receive faith. Our faith is built. We are built strong through the words of Christ that we read. Pastor Mark encourages us every week 
Spend time in God's word. Read two chapters a day. If you can't read two chapters, read one chapter. Read God's word. If you don't understand it, keep reading it. Because God responds only to faith. It's why faith is necessary at salvation. So is God changed by our prayers? These are questions that that have haunted me the last couple of weeks working on this. I know God does not change. Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, forever. The Sandlot, forever. Squints, Palladoras, come on. You can buy the movie for five bucks at Walmart, The Sandlot. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The late pastor Chuck Smith said, prayer does not change the purpose of God, but it does change the action of God. I struggle with that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I've struggled with this whole message and preparing this message because I want God to be in control. I want him to be unchanging. I want him to be firm. I want him to be solid. I want him to be from beginning to end, alpha and omega, not changing. And I want the things that I do to line up with him, not him change to line up with me in any way, shape, or form. So when I hear that the nature and the purpose of God doesn't change, but the action of God can change, I still struggle with that. Yet, we know and we see time after time that the actions of God have changed, maybe in your life, In scripture, we certainly see it. And I don't know completely what that what that looks like. I don't know how to how to wrap my arms around that. Because I want God to be all that the scripture says that He is, the first and the last. As wide as he is tall, all-consuming, always in the present. From beginning to end, he's always in the present. He always is. He is. I am from beginning to end. There's not a was with God. There's not a will be with God. He always is. I am. And that's the way I want him to be. And then when when I read that the actions of God might possibly change through prayer. I struggle with that. Even when I read it in scripture, when I see through the prayer of faithful men that God changed his action, I struggle with that. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I'm not who I was. I'm grateful that I'm not who I will be. Before I became a Christian, you know, I was a pretty squeaky clean guy, you know. But I knew I was bound for hell because I was not saved. I knew that being born meant that I was a sinful man. 
And I knew that anything that I tried to do on my own and counted as righteousness, God looked at it as filthy rags and meaningless. And so even my squeaky clean before Christ's life, I was bound for hell. And I knew that I had to turn that around. But so many folks have testimonies of God's amazing, transforming grace and power in their lives. To hear the testimony of of Bear in, in prison and what God did in him and through him and others here that you've seen the power of God change your life. With Abraham, with Moses and David and Nehemiah and Elijah and Hezekiah, even with the Son of God, Jesus himself, we see that the purpose of God never changes. And what is the purpose of God in that he would be glorified in all the earth? Jesus died so that God would be glorified. That was the purpose of Jesus dying on the cross, that his father would be glorified. Father, glorify me now with the glory that we had before time. The desire of God is that he would be glorified in all the earth. The Bible says that all of creation displays the glory of God. Jesus died out of obedience to the Father, knowing exactly what he was doing. He knew that he was dying for the remission of sins so that men and so that man and God would have restored relationship. But he was being obedient. Philippians says he came as a man. He humbled himself. He gave up all of his rights. He came and was obedient to death. Even death on a cross. And you and I, you and I are to consider him who laid down his life for us. The men that I mentioned were men of fervent and faithful prayer. And they experienced the action of God changing. To see God moves, to see God move in our life is sometimes it takes years. Have you experienced praying and God not answering? And in his not answering, have you continued to be faithful in prayer? These men were faithful in prayer. Somebody's grandma was faithful in prayer and praying for you for a lot of years to come to Christ. You may be here today and you have prayed for many, many years for someone to be healed or to come to Christ. Let us not give up in prayer. In those times where it seems that he is delaying, he is aligning us to be more like his son and to see his purposes. A stone cutter once said, I strike a stone a hundred times without so much as a crack showing in it. Yet at the 101st blow, it splits in two. I know it was not the 101st blow that did it, but all the strikes that came before. We need to be faithful in prayer. We need to be fervent and faithful in our prayer because we pray, again, without faith, it is impossible to please God. What is faith? Faith is believing in that which we don't see. 
So if we see what is in front of us, that is not faith. So we pray even though we don't see. Not easy. But let us not give up in prayer. Oswald Chambers said, prayer does not prepare us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. E.M. Bounds said of the prayer offered in faith, four things let us ever keep in mind. God hears prayer. God heeds prayer. God answers prayer. And God delivers by prayer. When all is said and done, we pray. That is our responsibility, as in 1 Thessalonians, to pray at all times, to pray without ceasing, to always have a mentality of prayer. We pray for God's intervention. We want God to invade our circumstances. I pray that he intervenes in my life by convicting me of sin and aligning me with his holy word. Jesus has given us the model. May we be faithful to it and may we be changed by it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would invade our lives. I pray, Lord, that this morning you would invade our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in all who are believers. The power of God in this place this morning is alive. And in the name of Jesus, Father God, would you come and would you change us? Would you bring healing? Would you bring restoration? Would you bring salvation? And Lord, may we be fervent and faithful in prayer, not giving up easily. That the name of Jesus would be lifted up that the glory of God would be revealed to all the earth and that while the time that we have is short, Lord, that we would do all that we can to do to present the gospel, to proclaim salvation, that whosoever will will hear our voice and come to salvation in Christ Jesus. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. You spoke and words were formed. You breathed and life was born. You knew that one day you would come. So far from heaven's throne, clothed in human form. You showed the world the Father's love. You gave, you gave your life away. You gave, you gave your life away. 
our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.